This got brought about the tongues. This teaching on tongues got brought about because I've had a couple of members of mine come up to me and said they've been ha- people have harassed them about have you had the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost, which is speaking in tongues, and that's a teaching of the Holiness Group, the Charismatics, the Assembly of God, however you want to have you want to label them. That's a teaching of theirs. Is that you got to have the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost, and that initial evidence of the Holy Ghost is being able to speak in tongues. Now, I'm going to try to go through this Bible study, and I'm going to show you through the Bible study that definitely is not true. You definitely don't have to have the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost, which is speaking in tongues, what they call speaking in tongues. And I'll show you that and prove that to you out of the Bible. And after we're done, I think if you'll follow with me and have an open mind and and follow with me through the verses, I think you'll be able to say at the end of this teaching, you'll be able to agree that it's not what they're thinking it is. According to the Bible. But you know, we're going to start with 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, because we've got to establish a couple of things about the Holy Spirit. Please don't take this as an attack against any of your loved ones that have claimed they've spoken in tongues or anything like that. I've had definitely, I've had people years ago, I was a young man teaching Sunday school, and I had a man attack me outside the church, basically, yelling at me and screaming at me and putting his finger in my face and all this other stuff because of what I said about tongues. And that I was blaspheming the Holy Ghost with the way I was, what the stuff I said, you know. So I'm not definitely, for Lord knows, I'm definitely not trying to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to get the truth out of the Bible. Okay, that's all I want is the truth out of the Bible. That's why I, I, people always ask me what denomination you are. Well, I'm a Baptist by conviction, but I'm a Bible believer. I'm a Bible-believing Baptist. And if you put me as a Bible believer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just coming to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, we're just wanting some wisdom. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit will be the one that leads us, guides us, and directs us into all truth, which is the promise you've given us. Father God, and we can find out the truth of these things. And we won't rely on emotions or feelings, Lord God. We will rely on what the truth is, which is your word. We're going to rely on everything we can get out of your word, Lord God, to get the truth. And we thank you for it. And we're praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Here's a warning that John has for you. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So one of the things you need to do is you need to test the Spirit. And what the problem is, some people have this idea that it's just the Holy Spirit and that's the only Spirit out there. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that there's the Holy Spirit. We know that. That there's a Spirit of man. Every one of us in here has a Spirit. You see the Spirit of man move like at, let me give you an example, like at a football game, at sporting events. When somebody scores a touchdown or does something great at a sporting event, the Spirit of man rises up and starts hollering and yelling. Well, that's not God getting excited about anything, amen? God doesn't care if somebody scored a touchdown or not, but that's the Spirit of man. That's the Spirit in you. So your Spirit can get stirred up. There's a Spirit of man, there's a Holy Spirit, and then there's an unclean Spirit. Unclean Spirits. There's a Spirit of lying. There's a spirit of jealousy. There's all kinds of different types of spirits. So th- that's the warning here is believe not every spirit. So something can move like the Holy Spirit but not be the Holy Spirit. But try the spirits whether they are of God. So there can be a spirit move. It can move on your life, move on your heart, and move in somebody, but it not be of God. It could be an unclean spirit. Okay, so that's the first thing we need to establish is that we need to realize there's different types of spirits. They're unclean and clean, the Holy Spirit, but they're not all all of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. It doesn't take much of a biblical education to turn on the TV and see what Benny Hinn's doing on TV and some of these other fakers on TV and say, those guys are fakers. 
I have enough biblical sense to understand that's a false prophet that's preaching there or teaching there. And it's real easy for us to pick some of that out. For some reason, some people don't get it. And they, it just, they don't have a lot of common sense, when it, especially when it comes to the Bible. But the world gets it. The world can see right through the fakers. But for some reason, Christians can get fooled quicker than anybody else. I think it's because they want to believe. What, what is our final authority? Our final authority is not what we think or what our emotions tell us. What is our final authority? Our final authority is the Word of God. Amen. So we got to put, put everything on the Word of God. Turn to John 17, 17. So if you're going to try a spirit to see what kind of spirit it is, what are you going to have to try it with? What are you going to test it with? How are you going to test to see if it's a spirit of God or an unclean spirit or a spirit of man? It could be the spirit of man moving. Just because somebody's speaking to you and they're saying... The Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you this. It might not be the Holy Spirit telling them that. It might be their own spirit telling them that. Or it might be an unclean spirit. There's been a, you, you know through the Bible, if you read the Bible, there's many instances where an unclean spirit will speak through a false prophet. And a prophet will think he's telling what God wants him to say. But it's a lying spirit been put into that man, sometimes by God himself, to lie. So that king will go and destroy himself. So when somebody's speaking to you, you got to say, is that, what's coming out of them? Is that the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Is that their spirit speaking to me? Or is it the unclean spirit speaking to me or the devil speaking to me? you got to know this stuff. So how do you test it out? Look at John 17, 17. Jesus Christ says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the way you test out a spirit to see if it's true or not is you always back it up with Scripture. You always back it up with the Word of God. If you can back something up with the Word of God, then you know that you're getting close to the truth, amen, because the truth is the Word of God. So if somebody tells you something that goes against what the Word of God says, that's not truth. I know that's going to hurt some. Some people's going to get hurt by that. Some people are going to have the toes stepped on. But if somebody's doing something that doesn't line up with this book, and it goes, if it goes, specifically if it goes against this book, against God's words, then it's not of God. That, and how do you know that? Because Jesus says, thy word is truth. You, that's the truth is the word of God. That's how you test somebody out. Now, let's define and let's get a good explanation from Jesus Christ about how the Holy Spirit works. Look at John 16. Turn back to John 16. We're in the Gospel of John. Turn back to God. John 16, verse 13. Let's look at how the Holy Spirit is. So, the Word of God is truth, and now we're going to see how the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. Look at John 16, verse 13. Howbeit when He, so the Holy Spirit is a He. It's one part of the Trinity, it's a He, it's a, it's a personal pronoun of a He, it's a male. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. So, the, one of the objects of the Holy Spirit is, is that He's going to guide you into all truth, and that's through the Word of God. The Word of God is truth, and He's going to be the one to guide you into truth. We know that if, if you're telling the truth and you want the truth, it's going to come through the Word of God, and it's going to come through the Holy Spirit leading you into that truth, into the Word of God, okay? Because you know if you read the Word of God, the Word of God can be confusing, amen? You can look at the Word of God, and people, there's different cults that have based their whole religion off of verses out of the Bible. Well, I thought you said the Bible is true. It is true, but it can be used to tell a lie. It can be used in a bad purpose. So the Holy Spirit, though, will lead you into all truth, will lead you how to decipher all of this. It, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. That's one of the promises Jesus Christ is telling us that we have through the Holy Spirit. How about when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, and He has come, He's living in you, He will guide you into all truth. Now, 
And the next half of this verse is one of very, very important aspect of the Holy Spirit that a lot of Christians don't understand, and especially the Charismatics and the Pentecostals and the Assembly of Gods, they don't get this about the Holy Spirit. For he, the Holy Spirit, shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Look at verse 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive a mine and shall show it unto you. One of the greatest aspects of the Holy Spirit is this. He does not speak of himself. He only glorifies Jesus Christ. He glorifies Jesus Christ. He lifts Jesus Christ up. He doesn't speak of himself. So what what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is when you hear somebody say this, well, the Holy Ghost this and the Holy Ghost that, the Holy Ghost did this and the Holy Ghost did that, and the Holy Ghost is this and the Holy Ghost is that, and the Holy Ghost needs to come into you, and do you have the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost this and Holy Ghost that? Friends, I'm here to tell you, that's not the Holy Ghost speaking. How do you know, Brother Keegan? Because the Bible says he doesn't speak of himself. So one of the evidences that the Holy Spirit is not speaking is when you hear the Holy Ghost being talked a lot about. (laughs) See there? For he shall not speak of himself. When you hear somebody say, Jesus Christ this, Jesus Christ that, Jesus Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ this. You know when you hear somebody saying that over and over again, you know what you know? That's the Holy Spirit speaking. Because the Holy Spirit speaks about Jesus Christ and glorifies Jesus Christ. That's his whole job. So the job of the Holy Spirit is to lead you into all truth, all truth, and not to speak of himself, but to glorify Jesus Christ. See that in verse 14? He shall glorify me. The Holy Ghost always takes a back seat. The Holy Ghost doesn't want a front seat. So when you get into a church or you get around people that they're glorifying the Holy Spirit... They're glorifying the Holy Spirit, and they're trying to put the Holy Spirit up on a pedestal and try to talk about a lot about the Holy Spirit. Friends, I'm here to tell you, that's not the Holy Spirit talking. Amen. Look at uh, chapter 15, look at verse 26. This gives you another confirmation of what I'm trying to tell you. John 15, 26. But when the, this is Jesus speaking. When the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, there's the truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Okay. So the Holy Spirit's job is, his main job is to testify of Jesus Christ and to lead you into all truth. So you see the two jobs of the Holy Spirit? Now the Holy Spirit has other jobs, but thus the two jobs that Jesus Christ talked a lot about was that the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all truth and he's not going to talk about himself, he's going to glorify me. So now you have an understanding of how the Holy Spirit works, and you have an understanding that there's more than one spirit. There's not only just the Holy Spirit, there's an unclean spirit, and there's also a spirit of man. Now that we got that established, and that's without beyond, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've given you the verses. That's right there, okay? You can't deny any of that. What is a tongue? What is a tongue? We'll look at Revelation chapter 5. Now we've got the groundwork laid about spirits. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 5. What is a tongue? Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. What is the definition of a tongue in the Bible? When the Bible says the word tongue, what is the definition of that, that word tongue? Because we've got to get that established. Because when you hear the people say tongue, sometimes they go off into this, they get this idea that a tongue is some kind of weird, mystical type of thing. And, and the Bible doesn't describe it that way. Look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy, take the book, to take the book. And to open the seals thereof, thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Friends, a tongue is simply a language. 
All a tongue is is simply the Bible term for language. It could be English, it could be Hebrew, it could be Spanish, it could be Latin. It was the, it was the language of that day. People have different tongues, people have different languages, and that's what Revelation is showing you there. There's different people with different languages. We don't all speak the same language. The languages or the tongues got separated at the Tower of Babel. God separated people into different tongues at the Tower of Babel. Look at Acts chapter 21, and, I'll, and this will solidify what I'm trying to tell you, teach you here. Uh, Acts chapter 21, a tongue is just simply a different language. Acts 21, 40. I'm giving you these different verses so there won't be any doubt. I don't want there to be any doubt. When I get done with this teaching, I want you to, I want you to simply say, you know what, there's no doubt. When I'm done with this teaching, what I'm teaching you about tongues. I've had people try to stick tongues on me. You need to speak in tongues. No, I don't, I don't need to speak in tongues. And when I show them the verses in the Bible, they don't want to look at the verses in the Bible. It's like a lot of people deal with with a lot of different issues. When you show them the verses in the Bible, they'll say, but, but I don't know. You know, yeah, you know, you don't know. You don't want to know. That's why. You don't want to follow the Bible. Acts 21.40. See, I'm already starting to get stirred up, and I don't mean to get stirred up. It's just... It, it's not, there's nothing to, nothing to get stirred up about. Acts 21, 40. And when he had given him license, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with the hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spoke unto them in the Hebrew tongue. So a tongue is a language. You see, there's no doubt about it. In the Hebrew tongue. Not in the Latin tongue, not in the Greek tongue, but in the Hebrew tongue. And, of course, that helps Paul out because they want to listen to what he has to say. Look at 22, 2. And when they had heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue, tongue to them they kept the more silence and he says so when they heard him speaking in hebrew that made them shut up even more because they're, they're, they had respect for him because he's speaking to them in hebrew now guys there's no doubt about it that a tongue in the bible is nothing more than a language now a lot of charismatics a lot of uh, people who believe in speaking in tongues in the sense of the way they believe it they would they would not argue with me about this because there's really no argument about it it is a language what we need to do now is look at the beginning of this gift of tongues. Because there's definitely a gift of tongues. The Bible teaches it. That's where they're getting this problem. They run to the problem is the Bible does teach that there is a gift of tongues. So let's look at the beginning of this. Acts chapter 2. Look at Acts chapter 2. Let's look at the beginning of the gift of tongues. Or the sign of tongues. You can look at it two different ways. It's either a gift or a sign. It's called both in the Bible. There's a sign of tongues. The gift of tongues is a sign it's simply a sign, but let's look, at the, let's look at when the gift is given. Acts chapter 2, and we'll look at verse 1. This is the beginning of the gift of tongues, or the gift of languages. Look at Acts chapter 2, let's look, start at the beginning of verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with, all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Was there a mighty wind that came down there? No, it says as of a sound. As of a rushing mighty wind. There wasn't a mighty wind that blew through the, the room. It was a sound. You've you got to get this, see. You've got to read your Bible and understand what's going on here. came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. They didn't, there wasn't a mighty wind that came through, but there's a sound like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the houses where they were sitting. The sound did. Verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. So there was cloven tongues like as of fire. These tongues above their head... Tongue that split. What, is, what does a tongue that split look like? It looks like a snake's tongue. But it's above them. It looked as of fire. Cloven tongues like as of fire. 
comes up and they see it, and they see it, and it looks like it's a fire, and it sat upon each of them. So it looks like that's what's above them, okay? And they see this. They all see this. This never happens again. Guys, this never happens again in the Bible. There's never again where somebody says, I've seen this appearance of a cloven tongue above somebody that looks like fire. That's never recorded again in the entire Bible. This is a one-shot one thing right here, okay? That's okay, though, just showing you. But it's like as a fire. It's not fire. It's like as a fire. Verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, what have we established other tongues? Tongues is what? Languages. Okay, so we're going to prove this. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. So these Jews, they were coming from all the known world. And if you're coming from all the known world, what are you going to get? All these different languages. Okay. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. So these tongues, these languages, were being, the Holy Ghost gave them this gift and they're speaking in all these different languages. And they could hear what they were saying in their own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born, which is our own language. So they say, man, we're, we're here, and isn't that just an old hillbilly from the mountain? That's just an old Galilean. How's he able to speak Spanish? How's he able to speak Latin? He's just an old hillbilly. And there's another guy there that says, you know, I'm from China, the area of China, and I can hear him speaking in Chinese to me. And he's nothing but a guy. How can he do that? Well, he's doing it through the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how he's doing it. So this tongue is just the gift to be able to speak in other languages. You see what's going on here? It's real easy. There's nothing, there's nothing mystical about this or mysterious in any way. And let's continue on. Verse 9, and I'm going to try not to, I'm going to really mess these names up. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phygeria and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues or languages the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. This is what's going on here is they're speaking in other languages. And what are they speaking? The one, look at the end of verse 11. The wonderful works of God. So what God wanted to do, obviously what God's doing here is God wants to get the message out of the wonderful works of Jesus Christ and of God. So how does he do that? Well, he wants it to spread to all the uttermost parts of the world, amen. Jesus said that in Acts chapter 1. So how's he going to do that? Well, it's got to go by languages. So when you have all the men of Jerusalem, all the Jews there, because they're required by God to show up there, they all show up and they're showing up from all parts of the world. So what God does is, I'm going to give them the gift of tongues, and it's going to be a gift that whenever they speak, that person hears what they're saying, and they can understand what I'm trying to tell them about the wonderful works of God. So they can go back to China or Asia or wherever they're going to go back to and tell about the wonderful works of God. That was the whole purpose of these tongues. This gift here, that was the whole purpose of this gift of tongues. Do you understand now what's going on here? It's getting kind of simple. Now, guys, we're not done by a long shot, but you're getting to understand that there is something going on here with the gift of tongues, but God had a purpose for it, and it's real obvious what that purpose was. 
It's real simple when you read through verse 11. Now, what is tongues? What is tongues for? Let's see what that answer to that is. That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Like I said, we're not done by a long shot. We're going to come back to 1 Corinthians 14. But I want to read you one verse out of 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to read you two verses, 21 and 22. Write these down. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 21 and 22s. This is what a tongue is. This is what tongues are. This gift of tongues, this is what it is, according to Paul. And we're going to see this to be true as we go back to Acts. Now, we're going to go back to Acts. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you everywhere somebody speaks in tongues, and we're going to talk about it. And we're going to break it down, okay? And I'm going to go back to Acts, and I'll show you everywhere somebody speaks in tongues. And I'll show you where they get the idea that you had to have the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost. I'll show you where they get that idea from. I'm not going to just throw it out there. I'm going to show you everything they believe and why they believe it. What is a tongue? Look at verse 21. 1 Corinthians 14, 21. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues. That's other languages, amen. We established that. And other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. So he's saying there's a prophecy that there's going to come a time and he's going to speak to them in all these other languages, all the wonderful works of God, but they're not going to listen to it. And we know that to be true about the Jews. They're blinded, amen. But look at verse 22. Wherefore, this is the verse, wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, Believers in Jesus Christ, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Preaching is not for those that believe not. Preaching and prophesying is for those that believe. That's a blessing to you. Tongues was a sign for unbelievers. There it is right there. Tongues was a sign for unbelieving Jews. And I'm going to prove that to you. The Bible just said that Tongues are for a sign. So tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Tongues is a sign, guys. And it's, a, it's not a sign for other Christians. Those people that, in Acts chapter 2, those people that heard those tongues, were they believers or unbelievers? Those people there in Acts. When Peter got up and Peter was speaking in tongues, different languages, who was hearing him? Was it believers or unbelievers? Unbelievers, amen. They, and some of them mocked him like, what is he? This, these guys are Galileans. How are they doing this? Some of them said they're, they're drunk. They're unbelievers. Tongues is a sign for unbelievers. I just give you the verse. Okay? So when you got a church full of people saying, claiming they're speaking in tongues... Right there should be a big, not knowing any more Bible, not knowing a lick more of Bible. Let's say that's all the Bible you know. When you have a church full of people speaking in tongues, that should, that should give you a warning right there. <laughs> Something's going on. Because I thought these tongues were unbelievers. Okay. Well, why would God make tongues a sign for unbelievers? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Here's why tongues are for a sign. And we'll shut it down after this verse right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. Here's why God has made tongues for a sign for unbelievers and unbelieving Jews. Look at verse 22. For the Jews, the Jews require a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. So tongues is a sign for unbelievers 
And guys, I'm telling you, it's for unbelieving Jews. Because the Jews require a sign. Now next week, if you'll make an effort to get up here for Sunday school, I'll show you why the Jews require a sign. And they have a right to require a sign. And I'll give, we'll, we'll get into the verses on that. And then we're going to continue on, and I'll show you next week, I'll show you there's two other places where people speak in tongues in the Bible in Acts. Only two. I'll show you those. I'll show you what's going on there. And then we'll go into 1 Corinthians 14, and we'll look at the rules and the guidelines for speaking in tongues. Paul gives, lays it all out. 1 Corinthians 14, he lays it all out. So there won't be any doubt. But right there, when, in closing, it says the Jews require a sign. And what's going to be amazing, when you look at the other two places, now the first place I've shown, there's three places in Acts where, where tongues are spoken. It's recorded that tongues are spoken. The first one was to unbelieving Jews. Y'all saw that, right? Amen? Okay, I hope you were paying attention. The other two places is the exact same thing. There's unbelieving Jews there when tongues are spoken. And I'll show those to you and explain it to you. And I think that you won't have any questions. And the questions you do have, I think we'll be able to answer. Okay, let's shut it down right there. Does anybody have any questions on what we've studied so far? Or have any questions at all? How do they come about thinking speaking in tongues of gibberish? Because they're thinking it's an angelic language. They're thinking it's a, it's, a, it's a language only God can understand. That's what they're going to try to tell you. And then that, but the, the thing is, they say it's a gift from the Holy Ghost, but then they practice it. They'll, they'll practice the speaking in tongues. I had a friend that did this to me. He told me, and I've read about this, but I had a friend, actually a friend telling me, I'm practicing my, my tongues. And he would read this, untai, bowtie, whatever. No, brother, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just la, 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 la. Yeah, I, I run on those people all the time, but it's called drugs. Yeah. It's, there, it, it, there's something from here to here that comes unconnected. Her, her nephew, I was talking to her nephew, who's, not right, who's saved but not right with the Lord, he was brought up in, this, in the charismatic movement, and he was telling me, her nephew was telling me, he said, that stuff's not right, it's all fake. That's what he told me. Because I had yet to fake it. And then once I faked it, then eventually it starts... It, something comes unglued right up in here. Well, some, some people, I think, truly think they're speaking in tongues, but they don't know. They yeah. really don't know. Yeah. Here, here's, here's the two things. There's two ways of looking at it. Either you, you can go by what I just said, something comes unglued, and it comes loose. Or number two, you really do get a spirit. But it ain't the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You got to be careful. I looked and looked and looked and looked. I could not find it this morning. My wife always thought I was crazy. I looked and looked, and I could not find it because I wanted to document it for you. But I read it. You're just going to have to take my word for it that it's true. But there's a missionary that heard somebody speaking in tongues in another church. He was in a church visiting, and he heard somebody speaking in tongues, and he was a missionary to this foreign land. And everybody was all, they're all excited because this lady got up, and she's la, la, and they're all like, oh, praise the Lord. And this missionary is from this foreign land that knew the language that she was speaking and she was cussing and saying some of the most vile things you could think of. Guys, it's just a language. No, she didn't know it. And of course, the rest of the church don't know it. I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead, by, but I'm going to tell you this. All of y'all who've been, who've been raised in church have heard this. A woman should keep quiet in church. A woman should keep silent in church. Guys, I'm here to tell you, that's directly related to tongues. 
When Paul's given his advice about tongues, he said a woman should keep silent when it comes to prophesying in tongues. And if you think about it, if, you was, if, you was to, if they were to follow those rules and say a woman can't speak in tongues in the church, that movement would have died out 60 years ago. Because the majority of people who speak in tongues are going to be the women in the church. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.